Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast. A little day late, a little dollar short, but I guess that's a little par for the course. We talked about it yesterday. I Yeah, I talked about it, then I forgot about it. Uh, I've, we, uh, we've been kind of busy. Yeah, honestly, like I, uh, when I mentioned that somewhere along the way yesterday, I forgot yesterday was Monday until I thought about I was reminded this morning. The holidays, with it falling on the weekend like it did, with you having like Fridays off, Threw me all off. Yeah. Well, the space between Christmas and New Year's is weird, I feel like. It's just strange. Well, especially because you don't know, like, I mean, a lot of people are off on Friday. Some people take the Monday after off, and it's just like, the whole week's just like, what What am I supposed to do today? Is today a work day? Is today a yeah. stay-at-home day? What are you supposed to do? I know folks that get, like... They had like the whole space between Christmas and New Year's off. I know folks that had to work. I'm either way, like it lined up as where I just didn't. It was very confusing. It was a strange time. Yeah, and we went to work on Sunday, so it threw us off. Yeah. So to cut into, here's a little preview for what this today's episode will be. The main topic of discussion. We are recording. This episode not in studio at head at Primo's headquarters. We are actually at Swamp Donkey. We're I'm, currently sitting in our room. I'm in a bed. Jordan's laying in his bed. Yeah. The, the, this is the most comfortable podcast studio I've ever had. The visual is quite. Uh, it is something. It's got a little, uh, little down comforter. Yeah. That's nice. It's very nice. It's very. It's. I mean, it's. It's different. Um, you know the coolest thing that uh, that I found out about this bed I'm in. What is it? Is the wood was cut off of this place. Was it some of the cypress? They salvaged cypress off of a, a, a slough over here hmm. and made this bed out of it. I that thought is that was cool. an interesting fact. That is an interesting fact. We'll get more into Swamp Donkey and everything later. There's some things we need to actually need to take out, take care of more importantly than usual. So we have asked several times for folks to leave ratings and reviews on itunes mm-hmm. they recently like very recently made it to where you can leave a rating on spotify cool um that was not there until very soon so please um spotify has become one of the biggest platforms for podcasts that's where like within a very short period of time the amount of our downloads um coming from spotify compared to uh apple podcast has has switched tremendously right um i think apple still like got the majority but it's a significant percentage that makes it from the spotify podcast platform so literally all you have to do is go to our main page um you don't have to write a review all you have to do is leave a rating if you want to leave us five stars that'd be fantastic that would be fantastic on spotify yeah spotify primos hunting obviously if they found it on spotify even if you if you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, you can still go to Spotify and <laughs> right. leave us a <laughs> leave us a rating. It means a lot. Uh, I know at least my mom will do it. I don't know if anyone else will, but mom will. Um, and still, yeah, Spotify, please do that. It means a lot. Helps the show out. Helps more people find us. Um, we've got other. We've got some very. I can't give away any details yet. We're doing something with the podcast upcoming for turkey season that we've never done before yeah that we'll be able to talk about later yeah gotta work out details all i'll say is is we've been working on putting this together for the better part of a year 
and we're just starting to get things finalized. So I really, I, I don't want to give any details away yet until we for sure get everything ironed out, but it's going to be exciting. I'm mm-hmm. looking very much forward to it. Um, think that's it for now. Primo's YouTube channel, check that out. Primo's on that door channel, check that out. Uh, Primo's custom mill shop still has a lot of stuff going on there. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Just business as usual. Business I mean, as usual. The home stretch of deer season, which quite frankly is probably the best stretch in the south. Yeah. Which is January. If uh, if you have good food sources and not highly pressured deer, it can be really, really good this time of year. Yeah. And uh if we get cold weather. You yeah. Know, I think that's the key to everywhere right now mm-hmm. is uh they're still rutting in uh, central Mississippi especially. They're full bore still, but uh you know, a lot of across the country they're starting to really key in on food sources yeah. and that is driven by weather whether you see them in the daylight or not. Exactly. Well, it's been crazy weather. Like when we got here so where where we're at right now. We've talked about this last year on the show, we've talked about this on our social media, we've had episodes done about it. Uh we're at a place called Swamp Donkey and it's kinda like a coming back home kind of thing it feels like because everyone knows the transition from Cottonmouth to Kudzu Bluff. We're not on the river primarily anymore. We're hunting in the hills. Swamp Donkey is on the river. Like, could not be any more on the Mississippi River than we are right now. Yeah, it is on the floodplain. This is where all the big bucks that you always see us for years going to in January, even before Cottonmouth, you know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good place to be this time of year. Yeah. And a fantastic place and we've we're on our third day here to no it's like we got we, here sunday afternoon we got here sunday midday we yeah. find it sunday afternoon monday morning monday afternoon and this morning this morning yeah so four hunts yeah so two days worth I and guess. we've got this afternoon and wednesday morning left to go yep and uh plenty i mean it's it's been it doesn't feel like it's only been four hunts because so much has happened and let's go ahead and get the cat out of the bag. Let the cat out of the bag. Jimmy Primos has killed him a buck deer. Yay! He actually has killed two. Praise the Lord. He is a happy camper. He has broke the streak. That was uh, Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy has never, like, that has to have probably have been the longest stretch he's gone in who knows how many years without killing a buck yeah i think so it, it was it was starting to wear he was keeping a pretty good attitude but you could tell it was uh it was like i need to i need to find a buck well like when it started and no one brought it out so it passed like it had been like jimmy shot the last year he shot at kudzu last season was like it was the first it, week of december yeah it was in december and the, from what i'm aware of no one pointed this out to him i think he brought it up himself it got past, like, we were in the second, third week of December, and Jimmy's just like, it's been over a year since I killed a buck. <laughs> and we were like, ooh. You know, we could oh, just yeah. do it like, Ugh. And so we were doing, I mean, there's only, we talk about this a lot, there's only so much you can do in terms of hunting. There's some variables that you're just not going to control. Yeah. You know, you can't. And uh, everyone was doing everything that they can which a lot of what we were doing was just hoping and praying but we were like man we just wanted him to kill a deer and yeah he he knocked the dust off mm. sunday afternoon yeah we got here and it was uh sleeting and snowing and 20 30 mile an hour winds and 
Just nasty. Wind, mind you, for folks that are listening to this that are not in the southeast, the day prior, or like the morning that this happened, we were in shorts and t-shirts. Yeah. Like Christmas Day and New Year's, it was like 70, 80 degrees. Yeah, we left on January the 2nd, and January 1st, it was 82 degrees. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by OnX Hunt, the app that has completely changed the game and helps you increase your success rates every time you go out in the field. It's something that we legitimately use every single day. doesn't matter if we're talking elk hunting, deer hunting, duck hunting, upland hunting, bass fishing. It does not matter. We don't go a day without using OnX Hunt. Public and private land boundaries, the new crop filters, the new 3D mapping system. There is not a time where Onyx cannot help you, and they update it all the time, which helps you increase your success rates. So go and check out the Onyx Hunt app today. Use the promo code PRIMOS20 to get 20% off your Onyx Hunt membership. And January 2nd, the high was 40. Yeah. It was pretty wild, man. It was like that first evening, Brad and I were up there, and at one point the food plot that we were hunting over, there was like... Uh, like a couple does, some yearlings, and a like a three-year-old eight-point out there. Mm-hmm. And they were a little over 100 yards, and we couldn't hardly see them because yeah, of all the, the snow and stuff and the wind. For a little while. It was yeah, crazy. It was like sheets of snow coming down because the wind were blowing it so hard. But, yep, that afternoon we were the same way. Uh, saw a good many deer early. And uh, right at dark, a bunch of does started piling out and looked back there in the woods, saw a big-bodied deer. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Les was sitting with us, and that's something that Swamp Donkey, you get a guy that sits with you, sees these deer all the time, so it's, they're like, they know what the age structure looks like, because deer change from, you know, from the hills to the delta and all this kind of stuff, like, looking at a deer and aging them, you can get close, but, mm-hmm. like, unless you look at them every day on a particular property, you can't, like, just like, yeah, he's 100% mature, you know? Yeah. And uh, here they're shooting five and a half year old plus deer, yeah. so it's it's tough to tell the difference between a four and a five year old. It really is. Like you can still make mistakes, even though you look at them every day. But they're striving to shoot five and a half year old deer here, no matter what's on their head. Mm-hmm. And uh, Les looked at him and was like, "Oh yeah, he's a mature buck." And uh, he was uh, a seven point, which awesome deer. He had sure. great mass, good yeah. mature buck, and that's all we care about is shooting a mature deer. And uh, <laughs> he came out there in the food plot and. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's just sitting on G boy. The footage that you showed me was it's pretty funny. It's pretty comical. As soon as he yeah. got somewhat uh, able to get a shot fired off of him, he was pulling it. I think he shot so fast he surprised himself a little bit. <laughs> now, limit like like y'all. It, it, Jimmy did not take a bad shot at all. No, no, the deer it's, was still and had, he had a good shot. It on was him. still, but it was just like I think Jimmy himself planned on like it, you know, just watching the deer a little longer. And he just boom, and then <laughs> and he got he got him. He ran like fifty yards, piled up, and uh, that was probably the most relief I'd seen Jimmy have in a while. Yeah, his fun. whole his whole demeanor changed, like his entire attitude. He went went into the cocky Jimmy we're used to. Yes, yes, very yeah. much like the like instantaneously. By the time we went to meet up with y'all, me and Brad, I could see when he pulled up, he was just I was like ah. Okay, Jimmy's back in rare form, <laughs> or regular form, <laughs> yep. I guess I should say. And, uh, yeah, that was fun there. And uh, the next day, the next morning, you and Brad went to a familiar spot. Yeah, well, backtracking you a little bit, like the first afternoon, Brad and I saw a deer that we would have shot 
um, it just didn't pan out. Like he came. It's one of those big wind gusts that got him, wasn't it? Yeah, well, and that he, he needed to he needed to come around further. Like Brad was on my left, I was sitting on the right, and the deer came straight off my right. So Brad didn't want to like stick his gun past me. You right. know what I mean? But I mean, he was a five year old deer. His right side was just like a regular eight point side, but mm-hmm. it, his left beam. It looked like he had maybe he had something happen to his pedicle, but he almost had like a double beam thing coming straight up, and then he had like another point that came out of the out of his head and curved down. Looked like it was poking him in the eye. It was a crazy looking deer, but a cool looking deer that we would have shot. It just it, yeah, like those big twenty thirty mile an hour wind gusts. He acted like he kind of got a whiff. He didn't know exactly where it came from, and he just kind of walked back in the woods, and we lost him. But mm-hmm. we saw a deer that we would have shot the first evening. Um, but yeah, the next the next morning, um, we went to a ladder stand. Like, there's I'd, I've never had uh, the first time I've ever had a ladder named after me. But right when we got here, I think it was uh, Wyatt who owns the place. He said we've been calling that the pickle ladder all season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the reason that they call it that is so the the swamp donkey episodes that we put out from prior year, uh, Jordan and I hunted there, and it's like a, as far as if you've watched any river bottom hunts or if you've hunted the river yourself, me personally, where that ladder stand is, that's like, that is so textbook river bottom hunt set up. Mm-hmm. You know, just a big old thicket, select cut, oak trees, wood ducks buzz your head at first light. We actually heard, we actually heard turkeys gobbling in the same spot that you and I heard them cool. cutting up. Um, but yeah, we went and hunted there and, uh, I mean, it was 10 minutes after good shooting light broke. Um, I think we kind of saw him about the same time. Look over and just see this big block silhouette of a deer just kind of just moving through that thicket. Mm -hmm. And I zoomed in on him. Brad threw his binos up, and we were both like, ooh. You know, he's just just an old nine-point. Yeah, he was a nine-point. And he was acting – he had a doe. Uh, but he was acting like your typical old deer do with a doe. He wasn't running around crazy. He was just kind of following behind her. Just keeping in sight. Yeah. And uh, we walked, when we first saw him, he was probably, I don't know, like 120, coming kind of angling kind of towards us. But he was in so much stuff, you couldn't really make a good shot. And we're like, the rate he's moving, he's coming our direction anyway. He's coming more towards the open. So we just kind of watched him and let him do his thing. And uh, he got out in the open, and Brad was like, are you good? I said, yeah, I'm good. And he started to kind of quarter away from us, and Brad went to stop him when he stepped out and opened him. And he went, meh. And as he, the deer took like two more steps and ended up dead behind a tree and is now facing dead away. Hmm. And we're like, we may lose this deer. Because you know, a lot of folks think when you're rifle hunting, you just got to see them and bang. you know. But when you're hunting in those thickets like that, you can lose them. You know? It's not like you get them every time. Thankfully, though, that doe, they worked away from us, but then she turned left and come back out in the opening again. Brad stopped him, and at this point, he may have been right at 100, I mean 90, 100 yards, something Mm -hmm. like that. He shoots, um, makes a great shot. Deer ran like 40 yards and died. So Brad and I are, you know, we're high-fiving, talking about the hunt, you know, just kind of enjoying the morning, and... uh, before we could even climb down, there was a probably a three-year-old eight-point. Beautiful deer. I mean, he's probably 120 inches as a three-year-old. Mm. And uh, 
he must have been on that same trail that the Buck Brad shot was following because here he comes just cruising right up through there and followed the same stuff. He got up to Brad's deer and was like, what in the world's going on there? And then just kind of went on his way. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah, beautiful morning. Yeah, yeah. And yesterday afternoon, man, it, the weather turned gorgeous, bluebird day and got cold and, and just kind of what you asked for this time of year down here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jimmy and I went back out again. He, uh, he was able to get shoot two bucks here and uh, – he was able to uh, get him another one. That was a fun <laughs> hunt. And he, he, uh, we, we no sooner got up in the up in the shooting house and uh, Doe stepped out like like literally like five minutes after I got the camera and stuff set up and uh, she was out there eating around. I seen her turn around, look back in the woods, and you could hear a deer going right. Yeah. And uh, he stepped out and it was a, it was a mature buck. He was a an eight point management criteria and. Uh, he came right up under the house, and Jimmy just wanted to wait on a little bit larger one, you know. Sure. No problem with that. He'd already got him one, so we're just going to be patient. And uh, that deer, he came, like, up under the shooting house. Like, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, man, we saw deer in and out that spot all afternoon yesterday, four or five different bucks. They just walking around looking for a doe. And uh, right at dark, uh, watching a doe out there in a – Buck steps out, me and Les both look at him like, yeah. That's him, yeah, that's, that's the one. one. Yeah. He's uh, ended up being, what's he, eight, seven, seven point. I think he was a seven point. And uh, beautiful deer and just maturing. Jimmy popped him, rolled him out too. And, yeah. And uh, shot him a doe after he shot the buck. So Jimmy's yeah. had him a good time down here. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to, I must pause a little bit before we go anywhere forward because like I realize, especially, I mean, it, I would imagine a good chunk of folks that have listened to this before have heard us talk about river stuff before. Mm -hmm. But again, I know the demographics of our audience is spread out wider than just the Southeast and folks that know about it. And so coming from hunting in central Mississippi, that is vastly different than the river or having hunting places, other, you know, other areas of the country. I know hearing us talking about shooting a deer the first afternoon brad shoots a buck the next morning jimmy shoots a buck and a doe that afternoon you're like holy smokes you know like what in the what in the world it really like a guy asked me when we were here hunting like to the first afternoon here when we got back in camp he mm-hmm. said well what's your you know like what's the favorite place you know whitetail wise i was like dude i mean there's always like southeast iowa but as far as like just an incredible whitetail hunting experience yeah here on the mississippi river it's it's unlike anything I mean, else i've seen like to me the numbers of deer is what sets this this area apart mm-hmm. because i mean yeah you go to southeast iowa or kansas or anything where like that you have a, a chance you know a really good chance of seeing and or even getting a shooting opportunity at a giant deer right but in this area i mean the the big deer here don't get me wrong yes. like there's very large deer I mean, around score wise they've killed i don't know how many but i know they've killed 160 and 170 inch deer here this yes. year yes more yes. than a couple i don't know how many but i know it's not like yeah. a few but the thing about the the mississippi river bob especially in this area where we're at with swamp donkey is the numbers of deer yeah and if you take numbers of deer and you put a strict management on them for age mm-hmm like it turns into something really special yeah like the numbers of mature bucks in this area not just on swamp donkey but in this whole region right in here yeah 
is really good because a lot of people manage it for age and when you're able to carry a lot of numbers of deer because the land carries them with the habitat yeah you're able to create something really really special and so another thing that makes sense um so we still to this day we get cottonmouth questions yeah do you miss cottonmouth why did y'all leave cottonmouth well yes we do miss cottonmouth the mississippi river is incredibly special like we just stated the thing that makes this area particularly like swamp donkey special is so um cottonmouth the way the levee system where it was the high water which we've stated that before the high water is pretty much what forced our hand to leave mm-hmm. the deer herd at cottonmouth and in that area and in a lot of other areas on the river did not does not handle high water like this area does yeah did, with, to try to explain it without taking too much time and I'm not really the one to explain it in great detail. Um, I'm not as educated on it as a lot of other folks are that spend a lot more time out here. But the transition that these deer, because these deer face high water too. Yeah. You know, it, the, the river can get high enough where it pushes them out of here, but they are where they can transition from here to higher ground is so so much more seamless and so much more where it put, does not put near the amount of stress on them that they can still thrive. They've got an easy escape route in yes. just redneck terms. Just like they can get up into high ground in a hurry if the water comes up here. So it doesn't put as much stress on them like no. it did at Cottonmouth. So another thing, too, that the, the fir- one of the first things that caught my attention it was hearing a biologist that works down here in this part um, of the state particularly with the the Mississippi River deer herd in this area a lot of times if you hear the term prolific you're it's normally I mean it's not a negative term but you normally hear it applied to something negative you hear prolific applied to like a negative species I mean Mm -hmm. not excuse me you hear prolific applied to like describing an invasive species Mm -hmm. like some folks say wild hogs are prolific yeah you know the biologist said he said this deer herd is one of the most prolific you'll ever see yeah. I mean, they're they're just so plentiful. It's insane. Yeah, it's got to do with the escape route from high water, and it's got to do with the carrying capacity of the land. Yeah. Like, the, the numbers of deer this land can hold just because the way the habitat is, is it holds a lot of deer per, say, 100 acres. It holds a lot of deer. So, uh, and like another thing, like uh the deer that brad and and jimmy have both killed so far um the hunts that have been sold here at swamp donkey so far Wyatt, the guy that owns this and he's very outspoken about this he's not truly like he's in a position he's not selling these hunts to build some incredible business Mm -hmm. like he's he's selling these hunts because it helps him manage the property (laughs) that's what makes this place so unique that's the thing about this area too that people do not realize and they think is not a not an issue but if you're going to manage a property like this you have to take a bunch of deer off of it every year or it will go down like down in your quality yeah like you have to kill a lot of deer, mm-hmm. like to to keep it the best it can be. That's a fact. And like that's something a lot of people don't realize. They they want you know a lot of people may want to buy a river property, or whatever, but they don't. I mean, you don't under like realize that it's a lot of work keeping the herd to the best it can be. Yeah, like it it is a huge game of managing the number of mouths. And when I say mouth, you know, deer, mm-hmm. managing the number of mouths that are that are taking in the nutrition that's available talking about carrying capacity and everything but 
But yeah, I mean that's that's truly that's one of the main reasons they started selling hunts here is to just make this place where it's managed properly. Mm-hmm. And, and it's honestly like it's a unique spot for so many different reasons, but that's why you're getting so much quality of a hunt here, which again, I, I mean, I remember when they said they were going to start selling hunts here because when we came here last year, they hadn't started doing that yet. But um, I still, talking about cottonmouth questions, people hit us up all the time. They're trying to figure out how to hunt on the river. Like, and to be honest, like I, I'd say you need to check out Swamp Donkey Properties because you do. Um, but I know there's art. I think there's. I think they already got a wait list starting because again, I mean, it truly is. I'm not blowing smoke. It's absolutely incredible. Right. Like you can watch the footage from last year's hunts and the footage that's going to come from these shows. You'll see we're not. We ain't telling stories. No, <laughs> this just, place is one in a million. That's legit for sure. I've I've never, never seen anything like it. Um trying to think so we talked about yeah jimmy shot the buck yesterday afternoon um oh switch to a funnier topic so um brad um out of the and his generosity of spirit set down his gun as we had after uh after he had killed the first buck and jimmy had killed the first buck we'd killed two bucks there was two bucks left to kill jimmy was going to keep hunting brad said why don't you let me try to run that camera and you hunt? <laughs> so I got to witness. I felt like I was watching, uh, I don't know. I was, I'll leave the analogies alone. But anyhow, I'll just roll with I haven't seen Brad run a camera in a long time. <laughs> well, last time he ran one, he filmed you at Cottonmouth. Oh, I shot a doe, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, man, those things have changed a lot since I used to run them a bunch. That was like four or five <laughs> years ago. Uh Sport. I mean, thankfully we didn't shoot anything because I would. I mean, he tried, and those cameras are wildly different than they've even changed a bunch since I first started running them. But mm-hmm. we started looking at the footage, and everything Brad shot was out of focus. <laughs> <laughs> Man, not everything, but a whole lot of it. A whole whole lot. Yeah. He was trying hard though, man. He was trying hard. Yeah. So me and you went this morning, and that was fun. You got to pop you a couple of those. Yeah, we. We started out like, you know, I mean, I, they still had a doe quota to fill, which I'm not opposed to shooting does, but again, y'all have heard us, we are just talking about how incredible of a place this is, so you're kind of like, you know, let's see what shakes out here. And then I kind of want to shoot a buck. I yeah. mean, I do want to shoot a buck, of course I do, but then like, when a doe, I mean, they, when they, when someone greenlights someone like me or you, and all of a sudden there's a doe standing there and you got a rifle and she's like 50 yards... It's just kind of hard to say no. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when she's done been standing there stomping and kind of looking at us. That was the, yeah. Had she not done that, we may have not ever, because that's what we killed. I shot two does this morning. Yeah. And again, revert back to what we just talked about. I, it, it's all, I'm not abusing the resource. You know, I mean, that's just part of what you have to do here, truly. Um, we shot the first doe, and then it was like kind of unpopping the cork. Another doe come out. She actually had a buck behind her, but he was only like he was three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, but another doe came out, and shot her two does, and uh, sat there a little while longer, and finally got down, come back to lodge, talked to Brad before he left. And but here we are. Here we are, and now uh, I'm interrupting George's nap time trying to do a podcast because i forgot to do one yesterday it's funny how the world turns we finna be loading up here next hour or two going out for this afternoon last evening hunt here at swamp donkey and Mm -hmm. hopefully uh the right one will step out in front of you and we'll be able to connect the dots (laughs) 
I hope so. <laughs> I sure hope so. It's um, yeah. Well, it'll remain to be seen. I'm sure y'all hear whatever happens between now and then. You'll hear the how the journey or how the trip at Swamp Donkey ended uh, in next week's episode. But I think we'll go ahead and sign off here. I don't think we left anything on the table to be discussed. Nothing main main key anyway. But uh, yeah, um, Swamp Donkey absolutely incredible place y'all can check them out i know they have a facebook page and an instagram page uh and we'll tag them when we when we put these episodes out and everything but um again before we sign up please if you have time head to our podcast page on spotify and leave us a rating and we'll catch y'all back here next week as always thank you for listening to the speak the language podcast <laughs>